Throw them to the bridge. Black alert. Black Alert Podcast, your melanated reference for all things Star Trek across all four quadrants. Today, the bridge crew, Grace, Travis, Dre, and I are joined by Del Walker, and we will be discussing the one and only James Tiberius Kirk. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. What's going on? How's everybody? Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having you guys. Yes, welcome Thank to you, Del, for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about our buddy. For some of us, <laughs> James T. Kirk. <laughs> I know Dell is ready. To, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, talking about stuff is going to be fun for you guys. But um, you know, I'm I'm the only reason I'm like I think I was let on the podcast is mainly not because of my knowledge, but because I I did the logo and the banner for the for the black eleven. <laughs> 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 you guys are about to find out how like uh, um how civilian my knowledge is, but uh, we're going to have fun anyway. <laughs> we're all civilians. It's all, it's all civilian knowledge. Like, none of us is really on the inside of Star Trek. You know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, that could change in the future, but we're all <laughs> civilians here. Different levels of knowledge. I'm sure you'll be great. Awesome. Okay, so start at the beginning. TOS Kirk, the quintessential Kirk. Well, the quintessential Kirk is kind of the quintessential male lead of the era, right? You know, kind of does his own thing, is a ladies' man, always saves the day. He's he's quintessential 60s, 60s guy. But what was always cool about all of that, I mean, it's all true, but at the end of the day, they always made a point of him not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, Kurt usually came through in the clutch, but it was because his entire team gave him all the little pieces that he'd eventually put together. It yep. wasn't, wasn't like, you know, out of nowhere, Kirk would be the, was the hero. His team was always like helping him through with little pieces, even the, the secondary bridge crew, you know, like from Sulu and Uhura and, and Chekhov, you know, everybody was just like contributing to, to <laughs> Kirk's uh, being the man. So I like that. Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I agree with that, but I also think um, he really was the guy to make things happen almost to the point where it didn't make sense. Like, because his, his bravery was off the chart, like completely off the chart. Like probably the, the I don't know, my favorite episode is the Where No Man Has Gone Before, where his like, you know, his um his best friend effectively becomes a god and like he goes on a desolate his um he ends up on a desolate planet and he's like creating life with his hands and like creates like rainforests and and he's invulnerable and he can see you from all places he's basically a god and kurt's like don't worry i got this and he goes down there with a rifle like a basically a phaser version of a rifle and somehow makes it work but that level of arrogance and bravery seems to work in this in this world. It doesn't make any sense. Like all of his solutions are like, yeah, just just give me a gun, or, or I'll take him out of my fist. And, uh, 
we don't see that again for a long time. So you would say he's quite unconventional. Uh, he was stupid, but it was, <laughs> he was just straight <laughs> stupid. But it was impressive how stupid he was. Like, really, really impressive. The cowboy of diplomacy. Yeah. Hey, that's really what it is, being a cowboy. Like, that's definitely, I'll solve everything with my fists, 101. Just be a cowboy and it'll all work out, right? You know, it's like Dre said, that was the the era that, uh, you know, I mean, when Roddenberry created the show, he said he wanted it to be wagon trained to the in, to the stars, and that's what it was, right? I mean, Kirk was the sheriff and the, and the mayor and the guy who owned the ranch all rolled up into one. Very John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, my dad, for some reason, was a big fan of John Wayne. First, I don't know why, because he knew about his racist past, but we'll talk about that at another point. Uh, I think he just liked the era, like of the, the West. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I consider Kirk to have this idea that we need to get stuff done. It's going to take all of us. And it may not always be by the book, but it's going to get done at some point. Um, he did trust in his crew and his and their experience and their knowledge to make his decisions. Highly intelligent individual. I mean, he was pretty book smart, but he was also he pretty... was super book smart. Yes, he, he was, was super book smart. And he people would Gary call him a, a a book a walking book stack of books with legs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he also had the rifle in his hand, so he was right. <laughs> so he, he had he had some bark and and the knowledge so um very charismatic um but he also had some some trauma yeah in his life obviously we'll talk about other movies that he was in uh that he's a part of and later on in the timeline ending on some of the reasons um as to why i prefer kelvin verse kirk yes i i, I credit him with you know, he is intelligent. He's not all, let me solve everything with my fist, which makes him a better character in terms of that era, right? He's going to think things through. He's going to ask his crew, what's the best solution? He's he's going to do all those things, but he still has, he still has the sexism. He still has the, you know, I'm I'm gonna you know save the day and and those kinds of things that looking back on it are problematic. Now we do see him still in that light a little bit. He's still kind of that way in the films, but I think he gets fleshed out. And the more he gets fleshed out, the less we see of the ladies' man, and the more that we see a little bit of the the diplomat. We we see more diplomat Kirk, um, in my opinion, when it comes to the movies versus the TV show. Hmm. Interesting, because I really feel the opposite. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, he gets a little crazy at the end. Like, uh, he does. He does. I'm not gonna that. say that he doesn't stop being the cowboy. I'm just saying he he's he's a bit more diplomatic at times, but it's still, he's still always Cowboy Kirk. Let's not get it twisted. That's just who cowboy he is. Kirk. Okay, he's, yes, he's Cowboy, he's Captain Cowboy Kirk. It's just who he is. And it harkens to the core of his personality, which is someone who is very self-assured. Actually, it's 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 arrogance. It's, it's a lot of arrogance there with Kirk. 
So that's that's where we get it from. He knows that he's going to solve the problem one way or another. If I got to use my fist and fight you, I will. If I have to use diplomacy, I will. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get the mission done. But see, I, I, I don't think it's it's, you know, and I think it's one of those things that we learn watching TOS is that uh, Raina touched on it uh, earlier is his origin story, the Kirk origin story is with starts with trauma. I mean, Kirk was on the uh, Tarsus six, I think. Was it four? Four, yeah. Okay. Total massacre. Yeah, and where the governor wiped out half the population, and you know, Kirk he, was a survivor. Yeah, he was. So young. he, yeah, and he was he he was a, he was a kid, slightly older than you know Kevin Riley, who also ended up on his ship. But I think a lot of what happened with Kirk you know, started with that situation. A lot of people will turn it into, uh, you know, Survivor's Guild and that kind of thing. Um, you know, Riley carried it in as, as pain that made him want to uh, murder later on. But uh, for Kirk, it, it I, to me, you know, I think that was the inciting incident that turned him into a person that needed to excel. Like, he wanted to get as much out of life as he possibly could because he knew from an early start, an early age, how easily it, he could lose it. And they, they, it's not something that they, they came back to on a regular basis. They ever came back to on the show, but you know, I, I just putting that in the chronology of, in uh, Kirk's chronology, I think just um, kind of makes that his origin story. Yeah, like, I I kind of want to jump on that because I feel really similarly. There's a um, so there's an earlier episode. I don't remember which season it is. It's the one where basically Kirk, um, they go down on a, a planet, um, for some reason, and then um, for um, <laughs> when they come back, the um, the transporter doesn't work properly, and Kirk gets split into two. Oh yeah, the enemy within. Right, the enemy within, and um, effectively, there's two Kirk. And one of which is like all of Kirk's like um the Kirk without the um without any of the inhibitions, it's is much more like barbaric side and then um the docile Kirk is the one that doesn't have like the ability to make decisions and he hasn't got any of like his sexual energy and um what's really interesting is even though it shows you two sides of Kirk, where you see, like, basically, let's just take all his sexism and machoism and put it in one guy, and then, like, let's take all of his, you know, intellectual and um, logical side and put in another Kirk, um, you actually see that he has to be the way he is, because the first thing Spock says to him when he realizes that, like, oh, right, this isn't the same Kirk, like, I've got a docile version of a Kirk, he's, he's like, um, I don't remember the line word for word, but he basically says to him, you need to sort yourself out because you need to appear perfect to the rest of the um to the the rest of the um the the team. You can never be shown to have any forms of weakness, any forms of like anything. You need to be the person we all dream that you are, so that you can take us off into the stars. And Kirk's response is, "Yeah, I know." Like, and I'm like, that's really toxic. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of weight to put on one person. <laughs> like. You have to be arrogant as a response to that. If someone says, if we don't see you perfect, 
while we're out here, thousands of millions of light years away from everyone else, the whole star, the the entire enterprise will implode based on your doubts. And um, I don't think we've ever seen any any situation like that again because you always have like bits of the Federation like bouncing off ideas to each other, and you know there's always a ship if you like. Other than Voyager, there's always someone else out there you can call on. But with um, the original TOS, it's like, yeah, you you guys are on your own, and you need to make sure your leader is like the most ultimate leader there ever was. And then to compare that, you know, to to Voyager, I mean, look at the the crazy things Janeway would get get them into. You know, again, she's she's she had to lead. She had to, you know, be that hard charging commander no matter what. You know, like there when when you're on the frontier. It's an, it takes an entirely different kind of captain than, uh, you know, what a Picard, for example, would be. Mm-hmm. Like Picard, you know, always had his, his you know, Kirk had the conference room scenes from time to time. But, you know, Picard had one ev- a meeting every week. And those <laughs> meetings, you know, some of those could have been emails. Like, <laughs> he did not have to do it, but he was always like, all right, let's confer and let's call Starfleet. And, you know, mm. you know Kirk couldn't do that. You know, Janeway couldn't do that. When you're on the frontier, it's all on you. Well, um, like the things you say about, you know, Kirk having to have that kind of arrogance to be able to live up to the standards that the people around him set for him. I like I totally understand that because there's a certain bravado that goes with, you know, being a captain of a ship. And that's that's just not on Star Trek, just just on, I guess, any ship, any story mm. with a ship that has a captain that you can think of. There's, you know, an air about the captain that you would expect from a captain. But I think. You know, especially for me, who doesn't really know all that much about TOS Kirk, one of the things that I thought is that, like, I thought he was all Captain Bravado because that's most of what you hear about. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later that I started looking more into it that you hear about how smart he is. Mm -hmm. Like, Kirk's not, you know, this, you know, big dumb guy who's always, you know, solving problems with his fist. Like, he actually is a smart man who can, you know, think his way out of situations when he has to. And yes, the people around him, specifically Spock, do help him with the, you know, smarty, smart, smart side of things. But he's no dummy himself. Mm-hmm. I really like to find out that Kirk is a smart, like, not necessarily Spock-level smart, but still really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things where it's like, okay, you do have an, uh, an arrogance about you. Yes, he does have... You know the, the the ladies' man thing about him, but at the end of the day, um, it's not it's not in a way where I completely despise the character. Make no mistake, I don't I don't hate Kirk. Okay, <laughs> is he my favorite captain? No, but I don't hate him. He has some redeeming qualities, and I really like you know, that we get to see more of his redeeming qualities as we see the movies, you know, from from Wrath of, Wrath of Khan, Undiscovered Country, uh, just all the movies, we get a more nuanced Kirk than what we get in the original series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was very uh, career-oriented as well. I mean, he was the pretty fast. I mean, if you look at the timeline of when he joined Starfleet at age 17 to when he's given, you know, promoted to captain, it's like, oh, that was pretty fast. And then yeah, he, was time, he was 30, right? 
13 years. A little, but a little younger than he was. Yeah, he was. Ish, maybe 25, roughly. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a captain at a. Yeah, he he's quoted as isn't he youngest the youngest captain in Starfleet? Yeah, isn't that's that for sure. his? Yes, so he's the youngest captain in Starfleet, right? So he's been in he was in the game for a minute by the time he gets um to be captain of the Enterprise. At he least thirty two, according to Memory Alpha. Okay. Yeah, um, so from ship to ship, quite a while. Yeah. You know, for a few for a few years. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't a captain, right? Like you're, right? Like you said, he jumped from ship to ship. It doesn't mean he wasn't a captain before he took over the Enterprise. It just means that that's when he went. He took over the Enterprise. He could yeah. have been a captain, you know, when he was 25. Yeah, he, as far he as he definitely, you know, had a few transfers here and there. He he left a few departments, <laughs> and then said, you know, let me bounce <laughs> over here real quick. But you know, in that, that shows his overall, you know, overall ability to adapt. You know, to be able to move from ship to ship and to rise through the ranks. Um, you know, he had a few snafus uh, along the way, <laughs> but uh, I feel that he definitely put himself in a position where he wanted to be in the command chair, mm-hmm. and that was his oh for sure, you for know? sure. He definitely didn't want to be an onlooker. He wanted to be, you know, full steam ahead, the head of the head of the train. That's something I did admire um, about him. Also, Dre, going back to your ladies' man comment, um, I know there's more than one child out in this damn. <laughs> Yo, we see so we see David in one in, in the one, one movie Rathacon. in Rathcon, right? We see David and then he's dead, like nah, early on in the film. Blake and you'll miss him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. as much as Kurt got around, there's no way he only had the one kid. There's, there's no way. I'm not buying that. You know what, though? I don't know. We, Future technology we, we call is him probably a... pretty good birth control. I yeah, think. I was thinking that. Star Trek level <laughs> birth control is probably pretty good. We call Kirk a, a ladies' man a lot, but, you know, Kirk only, there's only, like, I think one or two one night Kirk stands mm. the rest of the uh, times Kirk has a, has a lady on the show. It's always somebody who he had a relationship with for a long time in the past. Like there's never, he dude was like, you know, the, he was going to move in with you. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't just hopping from, 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 from bed to bed. He, you met Kirk, you were getting a roommate for a minute. Carol Marcus, he was with for a while. That woman, Ruth, who was in, gosh, I'll, re- I'll remember it in a little while. Um, I, I know her husband was a scientist. She was, uh, they were together for a while. And really, that's kind of it. Everybody, I mean, Kirk might have kissed a couple people, but Kirk wasn't. Yeah, I He agree. wasn't the dog that, that uh, you know, they, they they make him out to be. And, uh, He's and not a dog, kinda... he just likes to kiss a lot? That's what you're going with? Okay. <laughs> what, what, what is it? I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. Yeah, that's basically... and, you know, though, that, that takes back to, to a criticism that I do have of uh, Kelvin Kirk, and we'll get there in a minute, but I I, I feel like with, with that particular version of Kirk, they boiled down the stereotypes of Kirk into that character rather than the act, the the Kirk that we saw developed over the course of the years, but we'll get to it. Yeah, I'm. I I definitely agree. Like, it, the, what's really funny is um, 
I think the first kiss you ever see with Kirk is like with a female android, and it's because he's like does it. Um, ah, oh, I. Oh, Roger Corby's android. Right. So he kisses the android to play a philosophical loop on her, to make her like understand that, like her choices and desires are actually more human than she assumes they are. Like, so she gets caught in this weird philosophical loop of like, oh, can I love or do I love? And before that, there was like episodes, or it might have been after that, there's episode two, like where um, you often see beautiful women appear in the um, setting. And the whole point is that they, they use it as a device to show how much self-control Kirk has. Because uh-huh. a beautiful woman will appear and then they'll be like, you know, the doctor will be like, oh my God, like everybody will get like really crazy and start acting a fool. <laughs> and Kirk will just raise his eyebrow and just be like, hmm. And okay, almost, and yeah, basically, like he just acts real bougie whenever he sees like a real, real hot girl. And we see that in um, episode Mud, uh, I think it's Mud Women, where uh-huh. They, uh-huh. they pick up this like pirate ship of like this. Basically, he's hauling cargo, and it's three beautiful women that he's trying to find husbands for, and um, they're like drop dead gorgeous women, and like oh, the the entire male part of the the fleet is just acting a fool, and Kirk's just like watching his men just like act a fool, and um, before that as well, there's like an episode um where like I think it might have even been near to the pilot whereby um they go down to a planet, and I think it's the doctor's like ex-girlfriend or that's in the man trap yeah the man trap right so when you see this woman she appears to you as you your like greatest like desire for a mate and for some reason it doesn't work on kirk and he's just like yeah she ain't all that and like every other guy like sees what they they want and it's just yeah so i feel like what actually happened is people took all those references to him kissing all the girls and it is a stereotype that I actually find really hilarious. Like, I think it's just a funny stereotype. Because when you actually watch him, he kind of isn't like that. He's the opposite. He's uh, the guy who has loads of self-control and, you know, like, well, and he's just, really cheesy. Okay, he has loads of self-control and everything like that, but he's still always kissing kissing <laughs> a lot of women. I'm sorry. He's a ladies' man. He's always kissing a lot of the women. He always has the most beautiful women wanting to be with him. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, he always, he has, he always has the option. He always has the option. He does right. have, the, have the option. Right. And because, but the thing, the the thing is always that he never finds anybody that he wants to be with. That well, that that'll supersede his love for the being the captain of a ship. Because he even says it in uh, the Naked Time. Yeah, the Naked Time is naked now. It's the next generation. The Naked Time when um, he's having his virus breakdown. And he's, you know, has this long soliloquy about how, you know, he, uh, you know, is married to the ship, how the ship is his yeah. life. And, and, you know, he'll never be able to love anyone the way he loves his ship. It's it's a little creepy. Yeah. And... Well, he talks about his regrets um, in Generations. Yeah. When we see him, he's and he because he after a while, he figures out what's going on. He's in this whole time loop type deal and he's telling Picard he's he's like you know 
I I've I've I'm in this this place where my ideal life, what it is I really truly wanted deep down is different from what it is I actually did. And he he's like that woman, you know, I I, I was with her and I could have made the choice to be with her, but instead I went on to continue to have my Starfleet career. And I always regretted that. So he, you know, he he knew for himself that mm, I do actually kind of, he regretted it on some level, how mm. dedicated he was to his career. And that's the same with Picard, but we'll get to that in Picard's episode. All right, so the original films. Oh, sorry, Dale, you wanted to... No, I was going to say, do you guys think that maybe it was a problem, the problem was a lot to do with the fact that Kurt got in the game so young? Like, because you can always write Picard as having like a life long before he became like the, the captain. But with Kirk, it was like, you know, he was seems to be born with plot armor where he just be able he just <laughs> manages to get to like the top of his field in such a short amount of time. So that's always gonna fill someone with regret with regret. So that I mean that's that's a, a great point because you know, like 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 Bryce said earlier, he joined Starfleet when he was seventeen and his course was always I'm gonna be the captain. Mm. And when you're on that kind of when you have that kind of drive, it can, as you get older, and Ray, we'll we'll get to that when we start talking about the the movies in in a hot second. You know, as you get older, it's uh, you start to to rethink those decisions what you made when you were 17, and mm. realize I dedicated my I my life when I was at my dumbest. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. We we let's just go ahead and jump off into the movies though because yeah. we see Admiral Kirk and then we see he does something and Starfleet's like, "You know what? We're just going to demote you back to captain." <laughs> <laughs> at that stage of his life too that must and be at really that, stage, right, at that stage in, in his life that was like the worst that they could do to this man because of <laughs> just how dedicated of an officer he was and his track record and all he did not just for starfleet but for the federation from a diplomatic standpoint the first contact and things they sent him on so it's like okay because of that we're just gonna bust you down the captain Here's we're going to bust you down to exactly what you want to do. Yes. You know, we're yes. going to give you your dream. Yep, we're going to give you your com- another command because that's the thing. He just wasn't suited to sit behind the desk. That's not James T. Kirk. Well, we saw that in in the beginning of Star Trek Motion Picture. Yep. Which I'm going to I'm going to say is my favorite Star Trek movie of all of them. Hated it. <clears throat> <laughs> You're wrong, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for Twitter to to do my work for me. Oh uh, no, here we go. And but, you know uh, what? No, it's you know fine. what? That it's it's my favorite. I, I'll tell you why. Because, like I was saying before, that you know, the the Kelvin Trek took the stereotype of Kirk. What the motion picture did for me was take the Kirk who experienced everything that we saw in the original series and allowed him to develop because mm. through the series, we didn't see that happen. All we saw was, you know, week to week things happened. You know, he, he, he's 
never had any change. Mm. But by the motion picture, he had we saw that all of those things had developed his character into somebody else. And he'd aged into that. Now that I'm older and I, you know, I see, 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 um, you know, my life in, in, in a bit more, there's a, a lot more retrospect than there is prospect. You know, I, I, I understand the Kirk from the motion picture and then the wrath of Khan a lot more. Like the, the, the Kirk from the motion picture wants to be the Kirk that he was in the original series in the beginning, but he's not, mm. he's not that guy, you know? Um, but in this case, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, he's, he's older, he's more mature. He can make decisions that he couldn't have made in the original series. He's a better, he's, he's a better person. Like, and the, the same goes for the rest of the crew, but you know, we're talking about Kirk this week. I, I, I like that movie from a character development standpoint. And I'm also that guy who will sit and watch that scene where they, you know, fly past the enterprise for 35 minutes. I can watch that on a loop all day. Mm. There's a lot of things as well that you said that remind me of like, like, Wrath of Khan, Kirk has this weird relationship with Khan where like, he's, he's obviously impressed by him. Mm-hmm. But like the first but it, it wasn't until I re-watched the first time you see Khan, because he appears first in the, um, in the first season of Star Trek. And, um, you know, they, they pick him up and they don't know who he is. And then they, you know, by using the Starfleet internet or whatever, they figure out who he is and they're like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> and, and um the they went to memory response, alpha exactly they went, to, they went to memory alpha see what the fans said it was like all right it's this guy and so they um the, the what was interesting is they figure out who he is and they're like oh wow this is um this is one of the tyrants from the, the eugenics wars from from the 1990s you know he was like and he was just like oh which one was he, he was like oh he's the one that like had you know a third of the planet under his rule and Kirk's one is I'm probably going to mess up this quote, but it's something along the lines of, oh, he was the best of the tyrants. He was the most dangerous. And to call a tyrant the best of anything, he was like, oh, yeah, he was the best. And then Spock starts giving him a hard time. He's like, why are you, like, speaking about this guy like, you know, like he's like he's badass? And, and Kirk's like, oh, no, no, we can be against him and still really admire him. And this guy was literally, like, you know, Genghis Khan fused with, like, Napoleon. <laughs> Like, so it's really interesting how, like, you know, Khan is the guy who later ruins his life or whatever, but initially he's the guy who's like, man, like, he's, he's like super impressive. Like, that's a real leader. I want to be never like meet, this guy. Never meet your heroes. It's like, it's like getting blocked by William Shatner on Twitter. <laughs> wow. There we go. Ooh, there it is. That didn't happen to me, but I've seen it happen to others. <laughs> So since we've we've discussed the motion picture, we we obviously have to move on to the Wrath of Khan, nineteen eighty two. Yeah, <laughs> probably my favorite. Oh, <laughs> um, oh it's so just, good. It, it's so emotional for me. Just to one, we re you know we see this trauma again happen to mm-hmm. to Kirk. Of course, the memorable <laughs> death of Spock. 
<laughs> but also this villain played by uh, Monteblanc. It really showed, you know, Khan really brought him onto the edge, Kirk onto the edge. I don't think we've ever seen him that way. Anybody want to mm-hmm. go in on that? Well, that's again, you know, that that's another movie where we talk about, you know, Kirk. It starts off where Kirk's talking about his age. You know, he I think that's his 50th birthday has more of a past than he has of a future. He's just he he has regrets. And then one of those regrets comes back and smacks him in the face in the form of Khan. And then later in the form of his son, you know, li- like literally his son smacks him. And, and then, uh, you know, it's um, it's a lot for, a per- for for him to take, you know, back to back to back. And then he loses his best friend. It, that 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 movie is is extremely weighty. It's 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 mm. a lot weightier than I think, um, you know, folks give it credit for. I think too as well, like something Andrea said as well, like he had an incredible amount of arrogance. Like he actually, like to be fair, he did because he wouldn't have been in that situation if he wasn't arrogant. Like he was the like they were going to court martial Khan and do all of the Starfleet things you do with like someone who does bad stuff oh yeah Khan should have been locked up right (laughs) and it was and it was Kirk who was just like nah just give him a planet like you know don't worry you know I can um this this guy is no problem just give him a barren planet and just let him get on with it that'll be punishment enough forgetting he has that Kirk has ADHD and (laughs) can't remember (laughs) so yeah ultimately none of that stuff had to happen it was just because you know Kirk Feeling like, like, oh, I bested him, so I want him to remember that I bested him. And, yeah. You know, like, and it even came down to like, um, Khan and him like having a, um, um, they, I think he, I don't know what it is. Kirk asked him something like, you know, like, what, what, is, how do you feel about this situation? Or he says whatever Shatner line it is, like to to Khan and, um, Khan like says like, um, uh, oh, well, uh, have you read uh, John Milton? And then uh, um, Kirk's like, uh, yes, I, I know it. So, yes, yes, I see. And then they don't say anything else to discuss the line. And it's the doctor who's just like, so what's the Milton line? And, and then Kirk recites it. And he's like, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. Because like, Khan is basically just like saying, I'm not going to. Uh, you just put me somewhere horrible and I'll be- conquer it rather than be like, you know, the underling to someone else. And, and I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier, though, about how Kirk saw Kirk was like kind of had hero worship when he first saw him. And mm. he kind of wanted to see, all right, let's see what Khan can do. Yeah, really? Which was <laughs> dumb. Super <laughs> dumb. Super dumb. But, but Super um, dumb. yeah. And, and again, that, that whole all of the situations in that were the culmination of Kirk's decisions. You know, he couldn't settle down with Carol, so he didn't know that he had a son. Gave up the Enterprise to become an admiral, knowing that that didn't work out for him last time. And he, you know, he had to to beg for his, his ship back in the last movie. Uh, so this time he's like, oh yeah, I'll be an admiral again, because that makes sense. And <laughs> then he's, uh, you know, has to take it take it from from Spock and. It it's 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 really the whole movie is uh, again the culmination of of Kirk's decisions in life, good and bad, good and bad. 
And then, but it also has the ultimate Kirk line of in 70 years of Star Trek, when you get to that moment when they're all sitting there and they're like, you know, chowing down on celery or whatever they're eating. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's like, it's been two hours. Are, are you ready to Spock? And Savick's like, what? And then, you know, Kirk takes the chomp out of, out of that apple and he's like, I don't like to lose. <laughs> and we and we know that the whole time he'd been he he'd been planning it, and he had that shorthand with Spock that they'd built over all those years that they didn't even have to say what they were legit doing that they mm. just did. They did their the, thing. The they ship, did their, they did their thing. thing. Yeah. Exactly, and the, mm. the, they laid the groundwork for them to win. And again, that all came out of time. So you know, it goes back to what I said about the motion picture where they take movie Kirk, they're able to now develop. They, mm. they've, they've, they've taken all of those things that Kirk has gone through and developed the character into this older, more grizzled, more wi wiser character. And I, I, movie Kirk is really where I came into it. Like I started watching Star Trek when I was, when I was little, uh, but when I really got into Star Trek was wrath of Khan and, mm. The, to me, my, you know, everybody else's uh, trilogy, that's a Star Wars trilogy, for me, it's Star Trek 2, 3, and 4. Mm. Oh, you're not the only one who doesn't have, you know, their, is that not being their trilogy? Cause that's not mine either. But that's one of the reasons why I take movie Kirk, mm. including Kelvinverse Kirk, over original series Kirk, because we get a Kirk... That's just far more nuanced. We get a Kirk that is, you know, he's he's been through even more. He's seen even more things. So he uh, is definitely my my preferred. He's my preferred Kirk um, mm -hmm. versus him in, in TOS simply because we just see, you know, someone who, again, is, is just fairly mature. But don't just don't stick him in an office somewhere that's not, <laughs> that's that because that's just not his strength right he's not someone to take orders or to get and, and to give them he's someone who's going to take action mm -hmm. he's a very action-oriented guy he needs to do something he has he has to be in the action he has to lead the, the charge be the tip of the spear so to speak that's just that's just who he he is the typical aries that's what you're trying to say <laughs> yes <laughs> he's very much an aries in that regard um because you, you know i mean well me. that is their personality trait but yeah. that that his personality trait oh. too so yes kirk is kirk is an aries yeah absolutely um <laughs> <laughs> i mean just, you know you try to tell him you know, you did something wrong, but it Ooh, you didn't quite sink in nope. until they actually feel it. You know, when mm. it, it actually hits them in the face. Oh, yes, he has to see. I did. He has to see the consequences of his actions and his choices, or of him saying something in order for him to realize, "Ooh, I messed up." And mm. that's one of the. And it's like Dale said, that's one of the things that's gotten him into a few situations that didn't even need to be a situation in the first place. So that is part of the downside with Kirk. And this is where I, where I say he has that arrogance simply because 
sometimes he doesn't always think things through. He doesn't always use that that brain of his. He just kind of makes a quick decision and then it backfires a little bit or sometimes completely. And it's like, dude, that didn't need to happen, but it happened because you you had to do something. Well, if Spock wouldn't have died, that's what the death of Spock was for him, right? When, because earlier when he's like, I don't like to lose, and he's like, I don't believe in the no-win no scenario. I mean, he they won in the end, but he lost his best friend. Exactly. Look at the loss you he know? had before. Which he exactly. has to go and find his best friend in the next movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which, which is funny. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't like to lose. You know, and, and then, then he has lost. And it's like, nope. Never mind. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> I can't lose not. my best friend. Well, and actually, no. then he has to trade. Well, then in the next movie, he has to trade his son and his ship yeah. for his best friend. And they keep giving yeah. them ships. They oh, do. Oh. Because we see in um, The Voyage Home, the one with the whales for the funny people. Um, <laughs> we see he's he's got a, you know, he's he's back. On the Enterprise. And see, when he gets that Enterprise, that mm. means something to me, right? Because it's like he's gone through so much over all of the years that we've known, we've seen Kirk. Mm-hmm. And sacrificed so much to get to that spot that when he gets the Enterprise back and his crew back and his best friend back, that's like Star Trek could have ended right there for me. Like the original series could have stopped right there for me. <laughs> at four. At, at four. Voyage Home. At, okay. at, the end of the, at the end of Voyage Home, I did not need to see any more Kirk and that crew after that. Because <laughs> yeah. when they warped off, I'm like, they're going to keep having adventures. You know, I can have them in my imagination. That's awesome. But wait, there's more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Raina, what exactly. were you going to say? That's what they uh, did. So, wait, yeah. there's more. They didn't listen to you. They, they did not. not because they went into five, and it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I can't put, find anyone who likes Star Trek five. I've tried. I no one likes that movie. Like I don't dislike it. there movie. has to be somebody. Yeah. There's <laughs> a poll out there. But like, is it anyone's favorite Star Trek movie? Probably not. Statistically, there has to be somebody. Just <laughs> a big fan. I don't want to meet that person. <laughs> we should put a poll out. Seriously. Because the, the Venn diagram that would create that person has got to be filled with so many horrific things. <laughs> I don't want to know. So they're also I, a fan of Star Trek Nemesis, and that's their favorite. I saw somebody say uh, some, somebody came somebody talked to you on your on your last thread on uh, Twitter on your big one today and said the Nemesis was their favorite. And oh snap! I'm glad I didn't see that because he, you know, he's a good dude. He's a good I dude. Just can't. So yeah, I I was, yeah. I'm gonna well, have to read that thread. No, we'll get to that movie for Picard. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah, but, uh, I because the thing about final frontier is the the only character development we have with kirk is that little sequence where he says you know he you know he about being alone and that you know he his two best friends as long as his two best friends are with him 
he, you know, he knows he'll be never fine. Really alone, yeah. Yeah, and and how Kurt, how Spock was his brother. I, I love that. I I really feel like it should have played into generations, into the death of Kirk, but it didn't. And that's why that movie will always be a disappointment to me. Look, that death for him was kind of whack. Ugh. I'm like, y'all had this legendary character, and he did so much, and he goes out like that? See? And that's that's why, yeah, I'm with you on that, Travis. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Travis, because Generations is a sore spot for that part alone. You know, we see this character, he's legendary, and he's been in this this um time loop type deal for like what uh 75 years or something yeah he was there for like 70 80 years that's so, pretty messed up of a situation. exactly <laughs> that's that's why he tells picard when you were when i was exploring the galaxy your grandfather was in diapers blah 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 so it, it, it was just it was not a good ending for the kirk character by any stretch of the imagination and that's one of the reasons I loathe generations. Yeah. Like to me, he should have died on the bridge of an enterprise. Yep. That's mm-hmm. the only way Kirk goes out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and not and not, not, not as a joke. As a joke. Yeah. Cause right. like they had they they had a running joke that rather than the, the captain on the bridge, the bridge was on the captain. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but it's a dumb way to serve a character that that basically gave you your job <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like all of those people would not have existed had it not been for you know what uh kirk has done what what how the fans feelings for kirk for you know 50 years at that point and uh it was it was a, it was a uh terrible mistake a yep. terrible mistake but Star Trek, but we we skipped Star Trek six. That one, that one, I think worked again for me because it was Kirk ready to go, ready to go. He knew that his time was about to pass, and he he was accepting it with with a little bit of grace. dignity. Yeah, you know? dignity how, how and often, grace. How often do you see a hero do that, right? Like he he doesn't have to you know do one last heist like he's he's ready to to take Flower. the ship yeah yeah and and it, 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 I thought that was really cool that was a, a really cool way to see them you know all kind of end and, and then they, they generations yeah and then they mocked his story up for him with generations yeah that's yeah. But that Which, was that, that's the running joke that because generations is kind of like star trek seven so who likes yeah. the odd number star treks right 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 but you know i always i i it all brings me back to the criticism i always have of of, of ron moore and uh you know we, we talked about it a lot with uh the wharf stuff and um Moore, i think is one of those guys who Think, always thinks he's a way better writer than he is, <laughs> and he always co- he he always comes just a little short of what he what what he's shooting for. You know, like the the war stories were never that great. The Klingon stories the Klingon stories were always painful for me. Um, you know, his Battlestar Galactica came up short, and Generations I think was one of those things that just 
was he Kirk was poorly served by what Ron Moore did. Well, he's doing pretty good on Outlander. <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched that either. Yeah, and it got me stuck. It's a, it's a, I read it. It's a good series, so I can imagine that the show is good too. It's on my list. It, it's brutal and it, it's very heart wrenching. What's funny is that it's not on my list. <laughs> I might not ever get around to it. Just saying. never. Just it. It it's it's on the bottom of the list because it, it's like it's like this is us. It's like every week you gotta prepare yourself for some. I can watch it then. Yeah, exactly. You gotta prepare yourself for some some shit, and it's. That's, anyway. that's my wife's jam. We have the Kelvin timeline, aka New Trek, quote unquote, aka the Abrams verse, mm-hmm. aka R.I.P. My mentions, because I did that last night. And man, oh man, <laughs> why did I bring up the Kelvin movies? Holy hell! Ooh, I mean, I watched wee. the Kelvin movies last night, and I had a great time in my mentions. I liked your set. Well, you know, for some reason, my thread didn't work out so hot. It started out fantastic, but then it delved into, you know, midday and evening Twitter finding it, and some way, somehow, it it blew up a little bit in my face, and I'm like, oh, what happened? (laughs) Where did this? Where did where did all this nonsense all of a sudden come from? But I think. I think you, I, what you said was right, though. Like, I think you, I, I ultimately have to say I agree with your statement because you basically was inferring if it wasn't for the Kelvin universe, none of us would have got Discovery or, like, we basically wouldn't have got, um, yeah, like the re, the the rebirth of Star Trek without so the Kelvin. Yeah, universe. it's and true. I can't see how anyone can disagree with that because if you see what Star Trek looked like in the Kirk era, um, original Star Trek, it felt like, you know, um, you know, DS9 and Next Generation was all taking, like, elements from that and, you know, trying to, like, enrich it with more stuff and trying to, um, whereas it felt like the Kelvin Kirk basically called for, like, all right, we're going to look at Star Trek in a complete different way. We're even going to start using different camera lenses. We're going to, like, we're going to make, like, the, um, the... The relationship between um the captain and his his people just just everything's just more action based like it it in a way it, yeah it's it's circled back to let's go on a planet and punch and punch and kick people until they listen to us whereas before the Kelvin Tech movies um everything was getting much more and more political everything was getting like gradually more political and much more macro Star Trek rather than like but yeah, but what happens if there's an alien in the room and you only have Kirk? Like, you know, you just have to use Muhammad <laughs> Ali, this guy, and then that, that's the solution. Sheep should for show up, punch him. Because <laughs> that's what he did in Star Trek Six, right? Like, yeah. Sheep showed up, he punched it. <laughs> like, that's how the Dominion War would have ended. His shirt would have been torn, he would have punched it in his face. Yeah, he would have punched one of the founders and it would have been over. And the, the female founder, he would have married her, and that would have been it. <laughs> would he, though? Would he? She would have begged him to marry her. Just like Cisco did, he definitely would have punched Q. Definitely would have punched Q. He would have punched Q. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, he fought Trelane, didn't he? When Trelane was basically his Q, and he fought Trelane. 
he smacked him in the face. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he yeah, I mean it it, it all work, well it all works out. Yeah, he you would have got Kirk exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> um so we have, you know, the revamp of Star Trek. Mm. Uh with uh, Chris Pine at the helm. He is now James Tiberius Kirk. And yeah, things things uh go on a different path. I mean, so far as maybe his origins, you know, there were things that were tweaked a bit. Um, I rather enjoyed the revamps. Um, I did not like the Uhura and Spock. Maybe it was just I like Uhura. I, I do. I, I don't like the casting, to be honest. I like Spock. I like, um... Zachary Quinton. Zachary Quinton. Yeah. Um, but Zoe Zeldana's Uhura always throws me off. I agree. I, I, just, I can't get into that part. But I, I, I don't like them together romantically. That's Spahura. I know there's some Spahura fans out there, and that's cool uh, if you like that. But uh, it, it just it, it didn't really work for me in see, terms of a romance. A lot. It, it's played up a lot in the original series. When I did my rewatch of the original series last fall, I mean, there were a lot of little things with Spock and Uhura where Spock like is I like, said, I think it's just the casting for me. Yeah. Threw it out. Yeah, because because the, the as far as the characters, I think they kind of work. Well, okay. Anyway, but we have Kirk. But, but Kirk though. <laughs> Kirk though. Yes. So the, you have uh, Chris Pine as Kirk, and I'm gonna say, and I I did, I did say this earlier before we started recording that you know I I haven't watched enough TOS to really really truly understand Shatner. Kirk, but I do know that he was supposed to be, you know, a bit of a playboy, even though that assumption is incorrect. But I never really saw it or got it because mm. I don't, I'm not attracted to William Shatner. It doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. But with Chris Pine, I get it. I see it and I, I get it. So good casting there, whoever's idea that was. Good casting all around for the most part of the main three original TOS characters. Like, I really like. The Kirk casting, the Bones casting, and the Spot casting for the Kelvinverse movies. Mm, I agree. Like, I think there's a Tumblr post out there that I'm going to go find after we're done recording that's a, a gif that morphs the, the faces of those three characters on top of each other. And the similarities might freak you out a little bit. Especially Carl Urban and DeForest Kelly. Yeah. Oh, like, you wouldn't think it, like, if you think but about them as two separate it? entities, but oh, you see God. it, it's just, like, oh, my God, yes. The um, Now, see, my, my thing with, with the Kelvin universe, with Kelvin Kirk, is that he's not Kirk. He's not James yeah. I oh, And man. here's the thing. I'm glad you, well, I'm glad you said that. So glad here's you said the thing. It, it, it's, it's entirely a continuity thing. Because... James T. Kirk is George Samuel Kirk's second son. And in this, he's their first son. So this isn't the James T. Kirk that we know. This is his brother, George, who we saw once in the original series, played by William Shatner with a mustache. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's, so <laughs> it makes sense that he would look like James T. Kirk and Spock would be mixed up. Because this one chose not to wear a mustache. 
<laughs> but this is not. It sounds like you're saying this is Taryn Kirk, and that's so funny to me. <laughs> Taryn Kirk. I'm, I'm convinced Taryn this is not. Exists, though. We get a glimpse of like, Taryn Kirk. In Taryn we, Kirk is a whole nother thing, but like you know, the yes. mustache for the evil twin is just sending me. That's right. So so yeah, this is, and I, I look forward to Twitter yelling at me, telling me why I'm wrong. But I've been thinking, sitting on this for since 2008. <laughs> you know, it, well, here's what works for me with Kelvin vs. Kirk. I just, I just think that the way Chris Pine portrays him is what does it for me. Um, continuity aside, which I, I, I don't mind the continuity because, again, we're talking about a universe that's parallel to what we see mm-hmm. in prime star trek which is how you get the mirror so those types of things don't bother me because i'm like Mm. oh okay so there are some things that are the same but there are things that are different because this is a whole different universe it runs parallel with what we already have that's canon so that's why into darkness being like wrath of khan it doesn't bother me because for my for for me my mindset i'm already going into it knowing that this isn't going to be exactly the same so it yeah. works for me this and is this universe's version of wrath of khan exactly except that's why it works for me my only problem with it of course was that benedict, benedict cumberbatch was made Con and mm-hmm. that makes okay, um, fair enough. I think but, James Fran would have actually been the better con. <laughs> he would have been a else. better con. Yeah, he would have been a better con, but he works as Sarek. I, I, I now. Like, that would have been great if they cast that at the time, but yeah. he's Sarek now. Yeah, but I really right. wish they would have cast an Indian guy to be con. Finally, that an Indian be, actor would have been yeah. nice. You think in what was it, 2013, that would be the direction that they would want to move in? No, but that just well, didn't happen. No, it did, did not, not happen. happen. That's another disappointment with that with that movie. You didn't get a Middle Eastern actor to be kind. But he had an South Asian. He, he had like a really strong accent in the original too. There was like that was part of his you know persona that he was um he was almost like a regal Mid- Middle Eastern guy like he. A lot of his persona was just like cultural. It's, his it's name a shame was Khan Munyan Singh. Like I wanted this elaborate, mm. yep, dude. And not Sherlock. Not small. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock. Not mm. exactly. Not Sherlock Holmes. Stephen Strange was not supposed to be right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, um that aside. Uh, I do. I. I enjoy those movies but like i said earlier i kind of think what they did was distill the the stereotypes of kirk to create the the early versions of kirk that we see but at the same time you know that kirk also has his origins in trauma right Mm -hmm. like it's he's not his dad yeah his father yeah as his mom's giving birth yeah and his father didn't just die his father died as a hero. Yep. In like the like what at that point was a gigantic tragedy that ended up changing all of Starfleet history. Yep. Like he was he was a hero. So not only does Kirk have that survivor's guilt or that he had 
F in, in our universe, but he's got that legend of his father to live up to. And what it does for, for this Kirk is cause him to reject that destiny early on that, that yeah. until he's given a challenge. And then we, then we see that other Kirk reaction to trauma come out, which is I'm going to be the best at all of this because I'm the one who's here. And, and I, I, I think it, I think they developed the characters differently and they did it well. They, 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 they used Kirk, you know, Kirk's history, but, at the, and, but at the same time, they made a, a different Kirk that's still a good character. Yeah. Wow. I think the, the writing uh, is also better for the Kelvin verse Kirk that we see. So those two things is why I, you know, put him top tier actually. <laughs> um, and then there's, and then there's, there's movie Kirk who's older and then there's TOS Kirk. But I, you know, again, I, I'm just going to reiterate, I have no problems with Kelvin verse James Tiberius Kirk. You just like drama in your mentions. That's what you <laughs> 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 and, yeah. No, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Travis when he talks about, you know, this is a different, a completely different Kirk because it's a completely different timeline. We touched on this a little bit in the last episode, how, you know, parenting and like what the type of parenting you receive in your formative years takes, you know, a big chunk of you as a person. And with this Kirk having a completely different childhood upbringing parenting situation this is a very very different curve than what we thought what we saw on the original series yeah i just wonder if the original series kirk enjoyed the beastie boys as much as (laughs) (laughs) the the chris pine kelvin kirk my biggest issue with the kelvin kirk is there's two main things one the original star trek kirk has probably the most iconic mannerisms of anyone on TV in that time. If someone does a Kirk impression, they don't even have to do a very good one, and you're like, wow, that I know who that is. That's really that's really iconic. And I felt like it was a complete missed opportunity. Zachary Quinto, however, really decided to take it seriously when he was just like, I'm a spot, I'm gonna Leonard Nimoy the crap out of this, and really embodied like his mannerisms. So my first issue is with him is like, you've got a Kelvin Kirk that don't even know how to act like Kirk. Well, because he's not James Kirk. Right, exactly. Like, Spock is still Spock, but, well, (laughs) up until the tragedy, but Kirk is a different Kirk. So I think Travis has the right of it on this one. He might be onto something for that, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing as well is, um, like, Kirk was made captain of, like, from cadet in, like, basically two days. Like, Kelvin Kirk, you're you're a cadet today, today? Just do a couple things, act a little like rebellious, boom man boop, you save the you save the earth, right? We're just gonna give we're just gonna give you command of the USS Enterprise, this trillion dollar ship, because you <laughs> made the wild moves. Whereas yeah, I, I original like, Kirk, yeah. he did his time. He did his I time. I do give the side eye to that. Yeah, so that that's a good point. Captain, that's a good point. That's like playing like, TO that's like playing STO. You get an enterprise. Like, you get an enterprise. You get an enterprise. <laughs> yeah, you sir that just cheated on the test and had to stand up in front of a tribunal 
and can't even fly. Not even supposed to be here. Yeah. Now you're first Tyler officer, Perry and then it's a hostage with a jumps captain. <laughs> Right, but, Tyler Perry game did give him a hard time. It's like, really, dude? Don't even get me but started. But at the same time, you got to think about Tilly. I mean, they're compounding that sin. And yeah. They compounded that sin in Discovery last season when they made Tilly a first office. I mean, I don't know. If it's it's, it's so one of those things. Well, she's a, she's a first officer. <laughs> yes, yeah, actually, yeah, right? they just repeated it. It's the same yeah, she, thing. It's, isn't she a first officer as ensign? Because she's yeah. she's done at this point with her her training. She's just trying to do the whole command um, like, officer I mean, entrance deal. Yeah, basically her internship was yeah. to be first officer of the Discovery, which is silly. <laughs> <laughs> you get no arguments from me with that. But um, back back to you know. Um, that point, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dale. That's the that's a side eye right there. Like, okay. what the hell are they doing? What are y'all, right? Like, trillions of dollars. We're moving the plot right? along is what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Ended that movie with like Kirk as Pike's first officer for a minute, you know, and that then start the second movie with that Pike with the transition. That would have been more believable. But yeah, they you're the captain of the flagship now. Yeah. You're the captain. That's literally no just like if you think about it, it's like somebody who just graduated from Annapolis being made the captain, captain. of well, the Enterprise, the, the, the of an aircraft carrier. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. And then even you mentioned Tilly, like Tilly in the Terran universe was a captain. Well, at least she, well, she was Killy. She killed a but, lot of people. Yeah, right, so that, that made more sense because yes, they said yeah. she killed the previous captain. <laughs> so I'm like, at least this one's out yeah. here like, to play well, here's the thing, though. Mirror Kirk kills Mirror Pike to become captain of the Enterprise, right? That's true. So it, it works for them. You murder yeah. your captain to become the that, captain. That canon all makes sense. It's the Kelvin canon I really have a problem with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that it's, that it's, little it's bit messy. right there is is weird. Um, and well, that that kind of happens with almost all of them. They graduate and then they're all senior officers. <laughs> An emergency like, happens. The emergency, <laughs> and now they need the cadets in the fleet on the yeah, flagship. The, 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 the and that's moving the plot along. Yeah, th- that just goes back to what Travis said with that inciting incident at at the beginning of the first one that completely changes. Um, the the federation and and everything like that. So mm. I I can that's a reach though. That that's really stretchy. That's really I mean stretchy. I'll write I'll, I'll I'll give it some fanfic and to fill up those plot holes for sure. <laughs> you know when all of those ships went to Vulcan and got destroyed by Nero, they ran out of captains and they needed they made Kirk a captain of the Enterprise. There were no other senior folks. Like I'll 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 give it. You know, I'll fill the plot hole, but it's a plot hole. That's hey, for sure. Like, <laughs> plot holes aside, I'm entertained by the first and so. the third one. Not so much the second one for, you know, con reasons, basically. <laughs> but, but uh, hey, but I, 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 like, that... they're not greatly written, but they're yeah. entertaining to watch. I, I will say yeah, that. I agree. I think they are really fun to watch. Like, yeah, visually, I mean, that's stunning. In the oh, even oh, in yes. the second one, when when that giant ship, the Vengeance, is chasing down the Enterprise in warp, 
and then knocks it out of warp, I was on the edge of my my seat, like finished. And yeah. and you know the Kelvin movies, I can't complain about too much because I I have a, a you know some a little some emotional connection to that because that was the first movie my mother ever let me take her to. <laughs> so you know I can't hate on that movie too at all really because that's you know star trek has always been like a thing with me and my uh my my mother and uh i that that one will always have a place for me now i'm exactly am i the only one that has no star trek like relatives that (laughs) i promise i'm the only trekkie in my family i want to show you the video Dre, I'm gonna send you the link, and you have to keep it keep it between us of uh, my mom and I doing um, the Star Trek movie at Universal Studios in 1990. Oh, it I even has it, back, it even has my fade. Oh no, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> no, like I like I literally just rewatched the Kelvin movie, so I I do like them, and and I do like Kirk in them. Like, they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, how he's smart, and you see him, like, being smart, but also being kind of stupid. And, like, as as Travis and Del were saying before, like, they really boil down the stereotypes of what you would expect Kirk to be, and that's the Kirk they gave us. So, it's just, I think it's a good Kirk to have for a new group of people who are just getting into Star Trek. Like, they've got, they're like, okay, this is what I've heard about Kirk, these are the basics. And like then you go watch the the Kelvin Star Trek and they fit. Mm. Yeah, that's a valid point. That's yeah, it's Star yeah Trek they did respect. They respected a lot of like the canon in a way, you know, like and um, even the issues I have, they were very clear to say like, but hey, ultimate alternate dimension. <laughs> 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 Make Which sure is, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a few. It's quite a few things they did that said. Remember, this isn't your grandfather's track, yeah. so to speak. I'm saying grandfather in quotations, you guys. So, again, that's the reason why the, those movies work for me. Now, I will say this. I'm going to throw this little disclaimer out there. That doesn't mean I want to see DS9, Kelvinverse, TNG, Crew, oh, no. Kelvinverse. Don't I don't want that. to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole at no. all. We can do Kelvinverse, but do something different, please. You know, that's something else I'd love to see in novel form. Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, the Kelvinverse version of TNG and DS9 and even Voyager in novel form. But I don't need to see that is a lot of books. <laughs> it's it's a lot, a lot of books. books. But um, yeah, I don't. I I don't even. I, I especially like not just like to see the designer because that's the one thing on Kelvinverse that I will unabashedly dislike. I do unabashedly dislike, except for the 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 that scene in in the darkness is um, the ship design. <laughs> no, I, I really dislike that. Mm. I will say this. I absolutely in in terms of the Kelvin movies, I absolutely love the way that we see. Uh, Kirk and McCoy meet their initial meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I just went through a divorce. All I got left is my bones. 
<laughs> and that's like I agree with you, Dre. That's one of the things that I really like about this this trilogy that we have so far is that we see the the main bridge crew from TOS that we know and love. We see them come together. Like yes. that we don't we're not introduced to them already as you know a ship a crew that knows each other that's already established. It's this is how Kirk meets Bones. This is how Kirk meets Spock. And this is how Kirk meets Uhura. Like this is how and we're introduced to him. And then he's introduced to all these characters and the way they like they don't develop them very much because it's only the three movies so far. But the way those relationships come together and develop over the time that we do see them is very interesting to me. Like, oh, who knew Kirk and Spock hated each other when they yeah. first met? Yeah, and and like, and yeah. you see that in this movie, and you know, it's like, you know what, that makes sense. How else would, you know, someone like Kirk and someone like Spock become friends if they didn't butt heads first? That yeah, makes sense to me. Point. Like, Which even I, though that happens in the Kelvinverse, I can see that happening in the Prime Universe as well. Yep, yep it's true. In, yeah, in the the novels, which you know, ha, which have my favorite version of Kirk, because uh, they don't have you know the '60s era sexism. A lot of them were written by women, and um, the, it's kind of you know you kind of get get the Kirk that you'd want you'd rather see uh, in the novels. And uh, there's one written by uh, Vonda McIntyre called uh, Enterprise the First Adventure that has the first time Kirk and Spock meet. And it's exactly it. They do not like each other at all. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's done really well. It's done really well because yeah. Kirk keep, I'm, Spock keeps comparing Kirk to Pike and he's not Pike. <laughs> not yeah. by any, not by a long shot. That's interesting actually what you say because I think, um, what what you do get glim- glimmers of in the original Star Trek Kirk is that um, Spock and Kirk have this like really deep seated understanding of each other, but mm-hmm. you don't know why. Like um, it's like, like Kirk and Guinan almost. Yeah, yeah. Like it's there's something going on there that's really like deep that would probably need like eleven movies to explain, but you. <laughs> Like there's a the episode I mentioned before where um uh uh Corby, Dr. Corby makes a clone of Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um he makes a well he makes an Android clone of Kurt to send him back on the ship to like do his bidding. And as he's about to clone him, like Kirk has like literally two seconds to think and while the cloning process is happening, he starts saying I think he starts repeating the line where it's like, um uh, stop messing with my stuff, you half-breed Spock, or some, whatever it is, something like that. Yeah, he throws some, like, racist line into it. Super racist line. Mm-hmm. While the cloning process is happening, he just keeps saying this super racist line. So when the android clone, like, comes out, he's, like, perfect in every way, except when he meets Spock. He's just like, stop meddling me with heart. Stop meddling with this stuff, you half-breed. And Spock, like, kind of raises eyebrows, like, this is what Kirk as I remember him. And literally from that, like, one um interaction, he knows, like, I need to go this and find what happens Kathy, real. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he knows immediately. And it was really cool, like, how, like, one, um, Kirk literally had a few seconds to make a decision on how he was going to stop this clone from taking over the ship. And another thing was, like, he knew he only needed to get to Spock. He, like, he knew that I just have to find a way to get my message to Spock. And he'll figure this out. Like, there was a deep level of trust. And it's like, 
what the hell is the backstory about? Why is why does he know you better than a husband knows a wife? What's going on here? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the thing, and you know, fans have like turned that into you know like the slash fiction since they started writing fanfic in the sixties. You know, maybe that was the case. I know Roddenberry wrote something about that in the opening of um, the motion picture novel, um, but um, you know, I, I I always thought that that relationship from the, the 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 first time you know we we see them interact that relationship has been the core of the series not even like you know they they always they they it's been marketed as kirk spock and bones as like that triumvirate yeah. but i it's mm. it's always boiled down to kirk and spock mm. Yeah, it's know. funny because the only reason why I put them together is to bother the homophobic fans. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore their friendship, but you know, just to just to piss someone off, I will say, no, they're a couple. So if you <laughs> want to be homophobic with some nonsense like that, I'll tell you that. But the, their friendship is so refreshing and endearing and it just makes you say to yourself, I I want a best friend like that. Exactly. I wanna I want a spot to my Kirk. Exactly. Or a Kirk to my and, spot. And the, the thing is the identify with, yeah. The thing they say in the you know the motion picture, it's like, you know, no, that's not us, but if it were, okay. And I think that's the cool I think that's the coolest way to kinda interpret it is that, you know, maybe that's not who they are maybe that is who they are but at the end of the day what we need to be really like paying attention to isn't that it's the connection that they have yeah because when you look at the other captain first officer relationships they are the as close as we see picard and Riker. um we kind they tried to do a romance with janeway and chakotay um Kira and Cisco butted heads all the time, especially in the beginning. But these two, these two truly are best friends. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. And to be honest with you, I kind of want to see that dynamic between a first officer and a commanding officer again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I like Picard Riker, because there's almost there's almost a father son yeah. there because cause there's what I always found, found interesting when I, you know, I've, cause I've been rewatching TNG in addition to, you know, other stuff um, is how close they always are in physical proximity. Like mm. Riker and Picard are always like, right. Super close to each other. They're in and, lockstep. Most yeah. Of the time. At all, at all times. And, you know, taking that back to, to Kirk and Spock, they're not always physically in the same spot. They might even be physically in the same space, but mentally they know exactly where the other is. Mm. And, and if they don't, they're always willing to hear where the other is. And, you know, that's just like that. That's exactly what you want from a, a partner, a best friend, whatever, like, that's you know whatever it is those two are life mates <laughs> they really are you know <laughs> yeah that, because I have, I have even um, even yeah. McCoy's relationship with with Kirk isn't is it's just it's just not on that same level now mm-hmm. this doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Agreed. um 
he doesn't like bones. It doesn't mean that he, you know, had, doesn't value what McCoy has to say or anything like that. But Spock and Kirk, they just have this understanding and they have this way of working with each other that ultimately they bring out the best in each other. And at the end of it, you have to wonder where Kirk would be, not just in his command, but in his life without that that sounding board that Spock was for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you almost can't have Kirk as we know him without Spock. Yeah, because there, mean- there were times when Spock kind of, he would, he would see Kirk kind of <laughs> going off just a little bit. It's like, well, man, no, 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 Captain, this is, this is mm. what we should do. He, he brought his Vulcan logic some, to some situations that, that really <laughs> kept Kirk from, from being, um, too, too Kirk-ish. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing with McCoy that would never work is, and I'll always get dinged for this, is that uh, McCoy's a straight-up racist. Not, oh, uh, no, that's absolutely correct. Oh, I, I, can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't vibe with, with, with McCoy because, because <laughs> the way McCoy is towards Spock and the yes. way McCoy is towards, you know, Klingons and Star Trek yep. 6 and just in general, McCoy, if he you is. knew McCoy in real life, you'd have to call him out. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I think I, we'll delve into that for McCoy. Episode. I was gonna say like, yeah, we did a McCoy episode because this guy has said some really ridiculous stuff for a lot. Because oh, I man. am, I am anti-McCoy. I know. Sure. Just, I just want to circle back to what you were saying, uh, Travis, about uh, you don't have the the Kirk we know without Spock, and I think the reverse is also true that uh kirk had his very i don't i want i don't want to say adverse but i definitely think that the friendship between kirk and spock helps spock a lot in when mm-hmm. it comes to being in touch with his own humanity among yep. other things for sure for sure yeah. and you see that in uh next gen when uh in like the the unification episodes when um Picard's like, whoa, Spock, we don't do things like that. You know, we don't just run off and do stuff. And mm. Spock's like, that's how we do it. Yes, I did it when I was on the original Enterprise, bro. Exactly. What you talking about? Like, y'all are soft. That's how we did it back in my day, right? Yeah. That, well, that just goes to show you, man, old school Vulcans, man, they, they weren't all pure logic like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Prime it's just Directive a Spock is a Prime yeah. Directive is a is a, a thing to think about. It's not a rule. <laughs> I will say though, Kelvin verse in in some ways makes McCoy a bit more palpable. Palpable. Yeah. It does. Um, I like Kelvin Bones much better than TOS Bones. Yes. I, I say that. Yes. Which <laughs> the 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 scene between him and Kirk, um, where Kirk is like he has like a, an allergic reaction or something like that. And he just keeps hitting him with the different medicines and it's making it more adverse. <laughs> and he keeps having these bad reactions. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 have mean, a question, I can fix Michael. that. <laughs> Go ahead. Del. So 
originally so they the the whole the whole premise you guys were saying i totally agree you don't really have tos cut without spock and you don't have spock without tos cut but like we um we originally had a pilot that had no no kirk it was pike Mm -hmm. and the first officer was um a woman Mm -hmm. and the discussion was always brought up that actually there wasn't um spock was never meant to be the first officer it was meant to be um it was meant to be a female basically it was meant to be um what's you um number one was meant to be is it i don't know how to pronounce her name but i'm guessing una, like McCorm- Mac- una mccormick or something no, like so, that no she's Commander a writer that's major, major barrett major barrett exactly yeah so that's who she was played by she went on to be um troy's mother uh-huh. um yeah, and and then went and up, ended up like marrying Odo, whatever it was that they did with that character, which he was just completely recurring. But I just want to know what that alternate universe looked like, where we had a Kirk that had a female first officer. Like, what we would get we have it. Like, Strange done? New World is coming. Yeah, Strange New World. Literally going show. to get exactly that. Oh yep. wow, man! Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I'm being taught school yeah, this because I had no idea. We're gonna see Pike as captain of the Enterprise. Spock is gonna be on there as well. As science He's officer, we as have science a officer. One. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like that the, is the that first showing. number one. Yeah, she was like the original was, number one. The reason yep. why number one is a thing. Yep. Well, I, I assume <laughs> Kurt was not gonna be in it. I don't know. He, Kurt he might be. He might show eventually. up towards the end. Eventually, uh, yeah, yeah, towards the end when they're ending the show, I think that's when Kurt will show up because right. at this point in that timeline, Kirk is probably either still a cadet or working his way up to captain and doing all these captain type things he's an ensign or a lieutenant at that point because he graduated with tilly he was in tilly's class oh well there you go yeah so there it is so he might be first officer of a ship someplace we don't know yeah which you know that's the that's the thing we have obviously you know, some some disappointments in terms of how we see Prime Kirk end. So what what do we think is gonna happen with with Kelvin versus Kirk? Is it is it gonna be something better? Is that is this fourth movie that was just announced, this new actually we don't even know if it's the fourth movie, this new track movie coming from Paramount. Like are are we hoping that it's um, a nice pretty bow for TOS Kelvin verse. That's exactly what I'm hoping. Like I think they will, you know, wrap up the the Kelvin verse series and decide if they want to reboot again. I think they left it wide open after Beyond for at least one more movie, and I'd like to send off an you know older, wiser Star Trek Kelvin verse crew. I mean, it's been what. Five, Five years, six years uh, since the last one. 2016 was beyond. Five years. Yeah, five years. Five years. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the crew or a lot of the actors in question have aged quite a bit. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think we'll get uh um more the motion picture maturity uh-huh. of uh-huh. from them in this you know final Calvinverse performance. At least that's what I'm hoping for personally. Honestly, I would really I I, I actually kind of want to see Chris Pine with the facial hair. Say, like, man, can we get Kirk with a beard, please? And thank you. Actually, you know what? <laughs> give him a mustache. Give, give, him, give him a mustache. 
so we can find, so we can see who he really is. His he brother. Can himself. Yeah, he can find himself. He, I hope yeah, we get that that ending that I wanted from Star Trek Four. I just want them to go off and you know, adventures are still open, but I don't need to see them. Yeah, I I I, I think um a fourth Kelvin verse movie would be a nice you know cherry on top of TOS Kelvin verse crew yep that we should have gotten with um uh the voyage home and that should have been that should have been the end for them but it, it didn't happen that way so i think um paramount might do that if they call jj in again though and what exactly would happen we we still don't know just not Tarantino, I know that much. Yeah, I mean, JJ's not busy with any Star Wars right now, so... He's not busy no, they with gave, anything right now. No, they gave him the DC Universe now. Oh! Uh, yeah, yeah, JJ's, got, JJ's doing DC mm-hmm. stuff now. <laughs> you know what? You know what? First Contact was so good. Just let Jonathan go ahead and run with that last Kelvin Verse movie. I'm just gonna throw that out there. For anyone wow. high up who's listening... <laughs> If they gave Freaks the movie, I'd be so happy. Yes. I I wouldn't mind Freaks getting the movie. That that sounds like a good time to me. I always have fun when Freaks is directing. It may not make sense, but I'm definitely having a good time. Yep. (laughs) Well, he did First Contact, and he he followed up with Insurrection. And those are my two favorite Trek movies right there. So I think he would do it a lot of justice in terms of the characters. But it would be fun. It would have a, a nice balance of, you know, Star Trek philosophy, mm-hmm. politics, and all of that with a nice bit of action in it, too. And the Discovery cast always, seems to always like working with him, so. They love working with him, and so does the Picard cast. Yep. Yeah, so please, Jonathan. Yes, Jonathan Frakes for, you know, director of this last Hopefully, Kelvin verse Star Trek movie. Dale, do you had something to add? No, no, no. I'm just, um, if anyone is important listening, just don't give Wolf his own movie like everyone keeps asking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I have thoughts on that, and I might RIP and blow up my mentions with that take. (laughs) Wolf is a plot device. He's not. He's not the star of a Look, movie. We dunked on work a whole lot these last few episodes. Maybe we leave him alone for this right. one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it keeps popping up for some reason. But hey, we got to make sure, you know, confirmed. Thank you for listening to episode sixteen of Black Alert Podcast. Thank you, Dell Walker, for stopping by and sharing your your lovely enthusiasm on on, on James T. Kirk. <laughs> obviously the the shout out for this episode goes to Dell. Dell, why don't you tell the oh. lovely people where they can find you your artwork what you're doing so on and so forth yeah i mean uh, like i said before I, I think my claims of fame on this podcast is just doing doing the logo so I don't, that's how i slipped really into this thing but that's your first claim well, to fame like you, you right? act like you don't do other show. stuff like this you've done other stuff Where's your, yeah, no, where can every, your artwork? Where, where you can doing? everybody look at your work? Come on, this tip jar is coming out soon. You better like get it together. <laughs> no, I mean you can just find me on um the uh Twitter as the the cartel Dell. Like I'm a I'm a digital artist by profession, so like fifty percent of my time is running about um 
uh, things no one cares about and the other 50% of the time is uh, making up um, of hypothetical situations I want Star Trek to, to delve into. <laughs> like, I want to see a six-part Netflix special of Owo's rise to power in the Terran the Terran universe. <laughs> so I'm probably gonna keep painting like scenarios until until that, someone that Netflix is Sir, that's what fanfic is for. You put <laughs> it out there, it's, somebody's uh, gonna make that happen. Somebody on Tumblr's got it somewhere. For sure. But yeah, man, thank thanks for having me on the on the podcast. I appreciate it. It was, uh, it was good fun. Good. Until next time, thank you for joining. Oh well, wait, really oh, yeah. quick. Um by the time this comes out, it will have already passed, but I just want to send the shout out um, to all of the mothers out there. Tomorrow's Mother's Day and Happy Mother's Day to all those who have some type of child. It doesn't matter if you have a child or if you're a pet parent or whatever. If you're a mom, Happy Mother's Day to to all of you. Yes. Happy Mommy's Day. <laughs> We appreciate oh. you. All the all the mother figures out there. Yes. And uh we'll see you next time. Keep Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.